Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. I always feel like I should do like the fake laugh as a news anchor coming in, like, ha ha, welcome. So welcome in with my fake Santa laugh um, to The Sell Better Daily Show. We are so glad that you're back joining us. Or if you're here for the first time, welcome in. You are in for a treat today. One of my very favorite people to listen to, talk. Salman, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Leslie. Appreciate it. Like the double wave. I love like all your theories, your strategy. You always give me something like I leave thinking about something new, which I so appreciate. And today, Salman is here joining us talking about cold prospecting strategies to book more meetings. So buckle in. Here we go. Uh, As we're tuning in, I would love to see where everyone in the room is in terms of your role. So I just launched a quick little poll. This will help us have a different conversation, decide where we're taking it. If you are new here, you've never joined us. um, We do a show every single day. If you scan that QR code or go to sellbetter.xyz, you can check out all of our upcoming fantastic shows. And we want to give a huge shout out to our fabulous sponsor partners. Today's show is brought to you by Exactly and by Zoom Info. I actually have, um, if you are someone who gets leads inbound to you, Zoom Info has a really cool three process follow up. Um, if you're getting inbound leads, I stuck that in the chat so that you can take a look. It's a, a guide that you can kind of copy paste. But today, let's jump into the agenda. We're going to talk about how to become a problem expert. If you're like, what what are you talking about, Leslie? Don't worry. It's coming coming up soon. Uh, Ways to speak your prospect's language, different questions you can ask. And then before you ever get to talking about your product, what are some questions you can ask? And, you know, Salman, when you and I spoke before, we were talking about this challenge in the market where SDRs, BDRs, salespeople in general, we get stuck kind of talking about the the functionalities instead of problems, the capabilities of our product. And this is something you're so passionate about. Is that did that stem from somewhere before we jump right in? Like why are you why do you love problems over product? Yeah. So I'm looking at your calendar on the screen on the right hand side. And I want to shift it back to August 2006. It was my first day as an SDR at IBM. I opened the doors straight out of school into an SDR role at a large tech company. And funny enough, it wasn't called an SDR back then. It was called an LGR, a lead generation rep. The term SDR didn't exist. I walked through those doors and after about a few days of onboarding, I was shoved into the sales floor where I was surrounded by literally dozens of senior sales reps with five, 10 years plus experience. And I was told, here's the phone, here's your CRM. I don't know if anybody's heard of Siebel CRM, very old CRM, by the way. Took you like two days to run a dead op report. Like, give me a break. We could use Lotus Notes email at Lotus same time, which is basically the Slack of that world that like crashed twice a day. And I literally, everyone could hear my cold calls on, as an LGR on the sales floor. And what really happened within my first few months is I was just spitting out 
product jargon and capabilities. Hey, this is Salman from IBM. Did it catch you at a bad time? Hey, we have a platform that can help you with your integration needs. We've helped other companies integrate their on-premise applications. And you know what happened? Every other call was a hangup, which you got a live connect. Why? Because I realized, wait a second, nobody's waiting for my call to hear about my product and capabilities. You know what they're dealing with? They're, they're trying to figure out how am I going to deal with these daily problems I'm facing on a day-to-day basis? How the heck am I going to support my team and remove these os- obstacles, make things easy for them? How am I going to meet the needs of the business while juggling all these problems of manual quoting and running managed file transfer? My message was not resonating because I was talking about the product, not the problem. And that was a big problem. And so this is something that you've like kind of made a mission of yours to go help people who are stuck in this same spot. You're, you're exactly right. Because unfortunately, a lot of enablement, a lot of onboarding is focused on the product, which is important. Don't get me wrong. It's very important to understand your product and the capabilities and the value in the market. But if you're focused on that too much, you're going to be speaking your language, not the prospect's language. And the prospect's language are the daily problems that they're dealing with. That's why it's so important to get that foundation right so you can lead your calls with purpose and ensure your message resonates with your prospect. I mean, I don't know. uh, Is this like familiar resonating for me? I mean, I almost every company I've been at, it is like heavy on product training and you're either supposed to know or just figure out that like style and that that conversational tone of things. Um, So as we're thinking about this overarching idea of capabilities of your product that you're learning versus really talking to them about the problems that they're having, um, you shared a few things with me. I want to bring this up. Do you want to just walk us through kind of what's important to understand before we head in? Totally. And I think we take we should scale back before this and talk about what is actually a capability and what is a problem. And, and we know this, right, from, from our enablement. I mean, we have some very experienced sellers here as well, SDRs, BDRs, AEs, leaders, you get it, right? But what is a capability? A capability, Leslie, is the ability or power to do something, right? It's the ability or the power to do something. So it's, it's something that your product can help with through a feature to a capability that can solve a problem right? Ideally. But what's a problem? What is a problem? A problem is a, uh, something, a situation, a person, a thing, whatever you want to call it, that needs attention and needs to be dealt with or solved. That's what a problem is. A problem is something that needs attention and needs to be dealt with or solved. So there's a clear difference between a capability and a problem. And if you get back to that slide, we'll dig into what those actually mean, those words. And this is such an important foundation because if you can clearly differentiate and delineate between those two things, it's going to transform the way that you engage with your prospects and your cold outreach and your warm outreach on your discovery calls, whatever you want to call it, right? So the first thing is buzzwords. What are buzzwords? Here are some examples. Maybe these sound familiar. Digital transformation. If I had 10 CIOs lined up and I asked each of them, what does digital transformation mean to you? I'd probably get 10 different answers. It's the most user overused term. Well, we can help you transform your digital framework or digital transformation. What does that even mean? Uh, streamline. 
centralized. We can centralize all your data in one place. Okay, that's that's the very buzzword. Single pane of glass. Yeah, that's a good one too. There, I can name probably ten thousand companies in the market that can do the exact same thing. What differentiates you? You know, optimize three hundred sixty degree with the customer, single pane of glass, like you mentioned, Leslie. Those are all buzzwords that you're going to lose your prospect right off the bat. Let's talk about buzz problems. Um, I actually made up this term like literally like a month or two ago on LinkedIn and I, I just started using it. I'm, I'm pretty sure I made it up. We'll trademark that. <laughs> yeah, we, I should. Good idea, Leslie. But what, what are problems? They're problems that are basically so high level and broad you can apply to any platform out there. So I'll give you an example. My my absolutely worst buzzword problem. I hate it with a passion. Lack of visibility. What does lack of visibility mean? Well, what does it mean? Like, it's not like uh, sales leaders and, um, you know, uh, CIOs are sitting there. Oh my God, I have such a lack of visibility. No, they're saying, oh my God, my customer data is scattered across a dozen different systems and I, I need to access it. That's what their lack of visibility is. But if you're using terms like lack of visibility in manual processes and data silos, and paper-based processes and inefficiency in your cold outreach, whether it be emails or cold calls, it's, you're gonna, it's gonna fall on deaf ears. It just is because you can apply any of those buzz problems to literally 10,000 solutions on the market. You are not differentiating yourself from the competition if you're using those buzz problems. So you got buzzword. A lot of that, it's coming from like um, <clears throat> marketing sheets too, where they're speaking, like marketing has to speak one to many, but as a salesperson, now it's our job to take that and make it one to one. But usually we're starting with the capabilities of our product or the the one cheater that we get from our marketing team, right? So we're using that and reflecting that same language, but you're saying take that, simplify it back into how we would normally talk. Simplify it, you hit the nail on the head there, but put it in your prospect's language, not yours. And we're getting it. Now let's talk about the third one, capabilities and problems. We're getting closer. We want to get to that problem. But what are capabilities? And capabilities, what I would argue is that, yes, they're important to articulate, but at a certain time before you understand the problem, it has to be after you understand the problem. So what are some examples of capabilities? I want, to pay, I want you to pay attention here because when I talk about problems, you're going to see some alignment between the capability and the problem. So pay attention here. Capabilities. Centralizing your disparate customer data in one place. Sure, that's a capability. That's something you can do. That's fair, right? You can centralize your customer data. That's important. But how does that matter to your customer? Do they really care? Like, what's the problem you're solving? That's, you're not, that's not a problem. Um, automating your paper-based processes. That is not a problem. That's a capability. A couple of other ones. Uh, create an integrated employee experience uh, or customer experience or protect your mission critical data with automatic ba backups. That is all capabilities. Do not lead with that because you are talking your language. That's all your product language. That's your language. That's not your prospect's language. Now let's deal with a problem. Let's talk about the problem. Now we're going to get in the driver's seat. Like what is Salma talking about? Problems, capabilities, what the hell is he talking about? Well, let's get there now. So I talked about the capability. Pay attention here, right? Capability, centralize your uh, disparate customer data. What if you framed it like this? Hey, what we found is a lot of marketers find that their data is scattered across multiple different systems. Simple as that. Is that a capability? No, that's a problem, right? I'll give you another one. Um, 
automate your manual-based processes or automate your paper-based processes. That's a capability. But what if we reframe that to what we found is development teams spend hours and hours a day trying to cobble up that data, which takes up a lot of time. That's a problem. I didn't say anything about the product or capability. Let's go one more example. Create an integrated experience for your customers, employees. Okay, it's capability. Let's reframe that in a problem. What we found is a lot of uh, IT teams spend a ton of time custom coding, manual managed file transfer, and Excel that's very uh, error prone and leads to delayed uh, applications deployment. That's a problem. So you see what I did there? The problem versus the capability. Lead with the problem because that is your prospect's language. Right. Beautiful. And like what great examples too. I think that that's something that like we can all go back and say, yeah, that's part of my, <laughs> like, let me, let me take this and just reframe and change it and make it. So it's, it's like talking to a friend in their language about what they care about. Beautiful. Um, I also really liked Keith's comment about it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. If you have questions um, that come up throughout, feel free to stick them. There's a little bubble at the bottom of your Zoom screen that says Q&A. And if you want to stick any questions in there, we'll pull through them throughout. But I really love the way that we're reframing this. <clears throat> um, the next kind of phrase that we talked about was like, okay, before we head into prospecting, and do we want to do we want to move there? Do we want to? Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, sure. I'll bring up my screen here. I love this slide. I, I really like it. And I'll tell you why. So, I, I coach a lot of BDRs, SDRs, and account executives, and we have a mandatory exercise in my coaching calls. And this is the first exercise that is absolutely mandatory, no exceptions. If you don't want to do this, we're not a good fit. And the reason being is because, and I'll walk through this, if you can understand each of these things about your prospect, about your persona, about your ICP, it will help you in every cold call. It'll transform every cold email, every discovery call. You would lead with confidence. Every business case, every demo, it will transform the way you sell, I guarantee you, because I've done it with hundreds of sellers. What you want to do is build out a chart, right? It can be a PowerPoint slide, can be a spreadsheet with columns, whatever you want to do, right? The first one is you want to define your ICP. You want to define more specifically your persona. Who are you talking to on a day-to-day -day basis? Is it a VP of marketing? Is it someone at the C-level? Is it an IT? Is it an HR? Who are the common people that you're going to speak to on a day-to-day -day basis? And what are their common day, uh, roles and responsibilities You know, at a high level? What do they do on a day-to-day -day basis? That's important. You want to know who you're speaking to, right? Number two, which is the most important thing, are the problems. What are the problems that they face on a day-to-day -day basis, right? What are the, pro and we talked about that. And here's the rule of thumb, and pay attention to this. When you build this out, we take our problem, we take our product out the window. I don't care about your product. I don't care about your features. I don't care about your capabilities. In this chart, you cannot use any buzzwords. You cannot use any product language. You cannot use any product jargon, Leslie. You cannot use any of that. We have to focus on the prospect's language. So it has to be problem driven. So what are the problems that your prospects face on a day-to-day -day basis? And, you know, it has to be in your prospect's language. Number three is the impact of that problem on the individual you're speaking to, on their team and on their org. So for example, we talked about that problem where, hey, for a 
let's say for a, uh, a marketing leader, their customer data is scattered across a ton of different systems and it takes their development teams a lot of time to cobble up that data every day. What is the impact? The impact is typically that results in poor customer experiences on digital channels because they're not able to get that data to share a real-time offer to their customers on the website, on their mobile device, on their web app, and therefore it results in a bad experience. Now, there could be multiple impacts. It could affect employee engagement, customer experience, whatever that is. And then the fourth one, which often gets missed, Leslie and team, is the metric or KPI, meaning like you and I as sellers, we are measured on sales qualified meetings. We are our opportunities. We are measured on pipeline. We are measured on call metrics. We are measured on ACV and ARR. I guarantee you the people that you're speaking to are measured on some sort of metric. So for example, leading the same example for a marketing leader, what is that metric that that impact is that is being affected? How is that metric being affected? In this case, and I'll stop here, I'll pause here, is so if, if they're driving poor experiences for their customers on digital channels, it's impacting their conversion rate, perhaps. It's impacting their customer satisfaction or NPS net promoter score. It's impacting and affecting their revenue. So if you build this chart out, your ICP, their roles and responsibilities, persona-based, the problems, the impact, the KPI metrics, and don't use any product language, I guarantee you it will help you in every cold call, cold email, discovery call, business case demo, and it will lead your calls with confidence. Yeah, changes the way that you talk. I'm curious, do you have any tips like <clears throat> for maybe diving into that impact part? You said that that's something that gets missed a lot. I've seen the same thing. Do you have anything where you're like, here's a really good way to go figure out what those impact pieces are? Yeah, so there's actually some, I get that question often about problem impact KPI. Like a lot of people come to me, Leslie, and say, Salman, like, how do I find this data? Like, how do I know what the problems impacts KPIs are? Like, how do I find it? Like, I can't just like, I'm not, I don't have the enable material. I go on high spot. I can't find material there. It's all the marketing material is all product jargon and how we can help you drive productivity, build revenue, blah, blah, blah. Right. But how do I find it? There's a couple of sources. Number one, there's, there's three ways. Number one, g2.com. If you've heard of g2.com, go there, type in your company names. Most companies are there and look at the five star or four star reviews. And one of the questions that they ask in each review is what are the problems that this product actually should solve for you? Go through it and you'll find some nuggets and it'll be in the prospect's language and focus on the problems. You may have to do some digging. Number two is look at your case studies. Uh, there are some really good companies that have wonderful case studies on their website. And if you look through it, pay attention not to what the end goal was, but what did life look for them before they bought your solution before they implemented your solution what did life look like right for example uh if they bought it if you work for a company called boomy uh which is an integration platform what did life look like well they had multiple different cloud and on-premise applications they were doing manual coding they were doing managed tile transfer they couldn't uh, it couldn't meet business requirements on time and it delayed iteration took months now it takes days right and the third one and let's say you work for a smaller company where you don't have g2.com, you don't have the level of case studies. Do a backwards capabilities exercise. So list out all your capabilities like I did in that chart and do a backwards exercise where saying, hey, if they did not have this capability, what would life look like, right? So if they're not able to centralize that data, then that means data is 
you know, this dispersed across multiple systems. If they're not able to automate backups of their CRM, that means they're doing it manually. And it's a very tedious and time consuming process. That takes a little bit of work, but one of the tough, and I'll, I'll pause here, Leslie, one of the toughest things that I found early in my career is clearly, clearly, clearly understanding the difference between products and capabilities is easier said than done. It's not an easy exercise. Very, very much so. I have two things. Quickly, if you want to change your chat to everyone, um, at the very bottom of your chat, there's a blue box that says either host and panelist. So Jess Salman and I are seeing your messages versus the the whole team chat. If you want to switch that, you definitely can. The other thing is like, do you mind if I add one more place? I saw a couple of of comments in the chat that I kind of changed it for me too. I um I went and interviewed people in my life or like existing clients or even internal to the organization people who would be my ideal client so i never sold to marketers until a year ago and now i'm like going to (laughs) sell to marketers and it's a different language than i have always sold to in the past so it's like how many marketers do i know can i call them can I buy them coffee or go to lunch with some friends and just ask a few questions about those problems and like the impact that it makes and how they're measured and and put that in a chart? I think especially for people who are in that the smaller organizations might be a, a good starting point too. And maybe you're creating customers. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, I love it. That's an excellent point to to get that data for sure. 100%. You have an example for us, right? I have a very simple example and okay. it's very simple because I didn't want to like just create a simple. Yeah, let's do simple. So, uh, thanks for bringing this up, Leslie. So let's say you're selling some sort of uh, platform, like a, uh, asset management platform or a product asset management platform. Uh, like Adobe has tools like this, where you can consolidate and centralize all your assets, customer assets, product assets, marketing assets in one place. So let's, let's take that example. So this is a very, very simple example. Uh, usually it's a little bit more in-depth than this when I work with my, work with my coaching clients because we want to cover multiple personas and maybe five or six problems, but I wanted to keep it simple for this example as Leslie said. So let's say you're selling that platform. So as you can see here, there's no product language, there's no product jargon or anything. For a VP of marketing, I'll go through this in about 90 seconds here. The VP of marketing, what are the typical problems that they face that you solve, right? And again, take get the product out of the picture. I don't care about the product and features. Um, it's very difficult to manage and update content and images across sites that have a lot of pages, very time consuming. It's very mundane because a lot of that data is just spread across in different places, but they need that data, right? The marketing team needs that data so they can share that with customers on digital channels when they request it or when they want it, or when they want to present that data in a meaningful way with prospects. But the team, like if you say the second point there, the team spends so much time trying to access that data, manage those assets. It takes hours and hours, right? It's, it's not easy. And the marketing, even marketing is concerned, why is it taking so long? We need to get this done. We need to get this data in the hands of customers. They do a lot. And the impact is that there's a lot of duplicate work because there's data in so many different places, unorganized, t- time consuming. And like I mentioned earlier, it's a very poor customer experience because if your customer is on your website and they're they want to get that personalized data in real time and you want to share that offer with them. If you're sharing it with them via an email or something like a day later, that's not going to help very much because they need that in real time to improve your conversion rate. Campaigns are delayed, product launches are pushed. That's the impact. And the KPR metric, well, for 
there's a lot of metrics that marketers care about, but one of them could be conversion rate. That's affected. That's impacted. Revenue is impacted for a CIO. You know, what are the problems they're facing? The data is in so many places. There's so many different apps to manage. Uh, their team has difficult accessing that interaction data of where their customers are interacting with them. Their team spends so much, their development team of the CIO spends so much time manipulating, coding that data to make it presentable. It's difficult. They can't centralize it. I didn't use the word centralize. <laughs> I didn't use the word uh, despair or maybe I, did, uh, I didn't use the word like data silos. Like what does that even mean? <laughs> right? Get specific. You got to get super specific. You got to put your feet in the shoes of your prospect if you want your message to be relevant and to resonate with them. If the CIO is resource and capacity issues, they're concerned if their team is can handle it, you're taking their team away from um, mission critical uh, projects that they should be working on. There's employee burden, there's too many apps to manage, and the impact is that total cost of ownership is a key metric for a CIO. That's impacted, that increases, productivity goes lower. So I didn't use any product language. It's all problem based. Yeah, we're going to take this now. You you gave us this phenomenal tool, right? And it's, uh, I can walk through and understand. I'm looking for my persona. I'm looking for their problems without using all of the buzzwords and language. And I'm looking for the impact. I'm looking for how they're being measured. Beautiful. We're going to talk about how to use it, but I want to ask the room, what's your preferred method? Maybe you have to use certain channels, but what's your favorite? What do you like to do when you're reaching out to someone cold? What's your preferred channel of communication? While we're filling that poll in, um, I would love to hear, like, how are we going to take what you just showed us and use it on a call, for example? Yeah, yeah. So we could definitely jump into an example, but to preface it, I want to stress that, and we're going to focus on a cold call because there's so many, there's so many different DMs, video, cold email. We can go through it. We'd be here all day though. Let's focus on a cold yeah. call. And, and here's the thing, Leslie, and you know this as sellers, the people that are on, you, you're experienced sellers. Um, you can lead a cold call in multiple ways, right? It can be through open-ended questions. It can be through research-based activity. It can be through closed-ended questions. And I would challenge anyone that says, you shouldn't be asking closed-ended questions on cold calls. I'm going to show you, I'm going to challenge you on that in this example. But the way to engage a cold call is to lead with that problem. How I, I, I get a few cold calls now since I started my coaching academy, since I left my AE role after 17 years, six months ago, but I'm getting some more cold calls now. And 90% of them are leading with the platform. Hey, this is Salman from you know Asana. We help companies better collaborate and launch projects faster, blah, blah, blah. But I don't really care about that because that's that's not resonating with me because it's not the problem.